This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the preview podcast to look ahead to tonight's massive Champions League match in Munich against Bayern. I'm your host Paul Wheelock and to get the inside track on the team standing in the way of Liverpool making it through to the quarterfinals, I spoke to German football expert Mark Lovell. Mark is based in Bavaria and is the Bayern Munich correspondent for ESPN, so he is perfectly placed to tell us how Niko Kovac's side is shaping up for this evening's second leg. He also explains the big problem caused by Joshua Kimmich's suspension and why the pressure is on Robert Lewandowski to deliver. Mark covered Jurgen Klopp's move from Borussia Dortmund to Liverpool extensively and he explains how he feels the Reds manager has developed at Anfield and why Klopp would love it to beat Bayern in their own backyard. And a bit I certainly found interesting, Mark also reveals the former Dortmund player he believes Klopp is destined to work with again. We'll be back after the match with the post-game podcast and we're hoping to have at least one more podcast recorded in Munich for you to listen to in the coming days. Thanks for joining me and just to say if you don't already subscribe to the Blood Red podcast channel, it'd be great if you could do so as it would help us reach even more Liverpool fans. The Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, hi, Mark. Thank you very much for joining me on the line from Germany to help us preview Bayern Munich versus Liverpool in the Champions League last 16 tomorrow night. You okay? I'm alright Paul, how are you? Yeah, I'm okay, I'm really looking forward to this game It's uh, As we said then before we started recording, it's delicately poised uh, But before we get on to the actual match itself It's pretty wet and windy over here in Merseyside But I believe you've actually had snow in Bavaria going into uh, this big game on Wednesday night Absolutely Paul, we had a blizzard yesterday in Munich Which affected Bayern's training um, But it's lifted suddenly and it's a beautiful spring day this Tuesday no, And a very... Uh, noticeable lack of wind as I look out the window so um, I don't expect too much change it'll be you know it'll be a nice evening in Munich on Wednesday evening yeah certainly the anticipation over here is beginning to hot up for it it's a, it's a bit of a strange one for them because I think it's fair to say that the Premier League title is the one that certainly the fans are focusing on this season Bayern are in a similar position they're in a, a very closely fought title race themselves but they're so accustomed to winning the Bundesliga. Is the Champions League the one this current buying crop really wants? Absolutely. That's their holy grail. It, it always is. They're used to winning the Bundesliga. They're heading for their seventh in a row. Um, they've just assumed their rightful position atop the Bundesliga on goal difference. Two goals ahead of Borussia Dortmund, who have slipped up recently, allowing Bayern Munich to come off onto the rails and ease past them and they play each other on April the 6th, but not before this key game. Champions League is always put at the pedestal, and that's always something that Bayern like to go deep into the latter stages of the competition, which they normally do. And they do seem to be a team in form again. You know, that 6-0 win at the weekend against Wolfsburg that you mentioned uh, did take them back to the top of the, of the table. Before the first game, there was some talk about how this was a buying side or were in decline. But it, to me, looking at the results, it seems to be as business as usual almost. Absolutely. 12 wins in the last 13 in the Bundesliga, which has allowed them to catch up Borussia Dortmund and firing on all cylinders. And Lewandowski's in, in fine scoring form, which always helps Bayern's cause. But going into this game, obviously, that first leg at Anfield, everyone was saying this is a this is a poor Bayern side, they're going to let in goals. And so, you know, expectations were a little bit uh, low for a Bayern side going into the first leg at Anfield. Transfer now to the return, there's a lot more belief, a lot more expectation that Bayern can get the job 
done, which creates its own sort of pressure and something that Bayern haven't always coped with in the Champions League over the years, especially uh, in, in recent seasons. Do you think they would have been stung by that kind of reporting before the first game? You know that they that they were almost being written off. That they're all almost like a, as I say, a team on the decline. Do you think that almost influenced how they played at Anfield? Absolutely, it gave them the extra motivation to 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 play well. I mean, it wasn't exactly a performance with high ambition. They did try and uh, stop Liverpool playing. Uh, don't expect much change to their tactics uh, tomorrow night, but. Uh, you know, on home soil, they will fancy their chances of getting getting through to the next round. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Should you think Bayern will approach it in a, a similar kind of style, not go too gung-ho, not leave too many spaces for that Liverpool forward line to exploit? Absolutely. If you think the first leg was cagey, I'd expect this to be <laughs> the, mother, the mother of all cagey games. Um, if you had to push me, I would expect... So this could very well go to extra time after another. It's it's useless to predict. Yeah. yeah. Who would have Who would have predicted a nil nil after the after the first leg? You know, not many. I was expecting goals because of Bayern's defensive weakness, and Liverpool were also without Virgil Van Dijk, which was seen as a, a crucial loss. So it, it's it's very naive to uh, predict a goalless draw. But you know, I, if I was a betting man, I would pre- uh, predict extra time. And who knows? Uh, Penalties, even. Oh, nervy night in store then. Just a, a bit, uh, of, a bit, a bit about the buying. Nervous already. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit about the buying team. We know uh, Joshua Kimmich is suspended. I, I was quite surprised in the first like that he he wasn't the Kimmich that we've probably seen previously bombing on down the the wing. Mm-hmm. But there's no doubt about it. Is this boy a real talent, or or is he? You know, is the real uh, issues about his defensive uh, ability, or what? is he going to be missed tomorrow night? I'm probably going to ask. He will be missed for sure. His attacking talents are outstanding. He's one of the best crossers in the world, no doubt. But uh, you mentioned his defensive lapses. They happened a lot during the early course of the season. He's tightened it up recently with a decent performance at Anfield. Uh, but he, yeah, he's definitely one for the future. He was, you know, Pep Guardiola loved him when he was uh, at Bayern. He used to play him in the central of defence. That's how good he was. Like Alaba, of course, who yeah. played left back. So, yeah, he's one to watch for the future. And they will miss him. Um, interestingly, probably be replaced by Rafinha, a very experienced Brazilian defender. Uh, Klopp will know all about his weaknesses. That's an area where Liverpool will look to expose because Rafinha has repeatedly come up short in the Champions League. He's a solid um, Bundesliga defender, but in, he's been found wanting in, in the, on the European stage. And Klopp will look to expose his deficiencies. That's very interesting because it, he is getting on in terms of football terms now, Rafinha. He's, he has got that vast experience, but I believe he's actually going to move on in the summer as well. They're bringing Pavard in, aren't they, uh, Bayern, who can also play on that on that right side. Yeah, and he's, uh, he, you know, he threw his toys out of the pram you know, last week. He made some comments to the press because he wasn't getting enough game time. Because he's always got, he's been a backup a lot, a lot of occasions, but he's always got game time with Heinkes and Guardiola and he was always a respected member of the squad that changed recently but Kovac needs him tomorrow night so it'd be interesting that's definitely one to watch whether Rafinha you know does come under pressure because he's he's been exposed in in the past by Borussia Dortmund and Klopp you know I remember him being sent off at Schalke against Dortmund so this is an interesting one to watch 
Very interesting. Is there any other places on the pitch that you think are key battles? I know you mentioned Lewandowski, the form he's in, Van Dijk's back, and Van Dijk's been in the press talking about Lewandowski, a lot of respect for him. Do you think that's one? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lewandowski needs to come up big in the latter stages. He's failed to score in the last six knockout games for Bayern. Wow. Which right. explains a lot of uh, the you know lack of progress. His last goal came in the in the knockout stages came in a five 0 win against Besiktas in the last sixteen last season. So and he's been criticised, you'll know, from uh, by the ex Liverpool legend Didier Aman, you know, criticising for his you know lack of leadership, body poor body language. So he's he's another one motivated to do well against. Uh, Liverpool, obviously Liverpool boosted by Van Dijk's return. Uh, another interesting one to watch. Lewandowski's not really um, come up big in the Champions League since his four goals for Borussia Dortmund way back in 2012, which sealed a uh, final final place for Borussia Dortmund. Klopp's side then, you know, he yeah, scored four well. against Jose Mourinho's side. Um, so he's got work to do. It's always been his dream to win the Champions League and he's always come up short and it's time for him to deliver. Before we continue on the match on Wednesday night, just ask you about Dortmund. I know you were there last week for their second leg against Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham finished the job off pretty comfortably in the end after coming under a barrage of pressure in the first half. Did that come as a shock in Germany that Spurs eventually ran out 4-0 winners? That it was so comfortable? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you were there... You know, every chance that Dortmund missed and the great saves by Hugo Lloris, it seemed inevitable at halftime that uh, Dortmund wouldn't progress. You know, because they missed so many chances in the first leg as well at Wembley. Played well for the first half, could have been leading at Wembley, but didn't find a way past the Spurs' defence. And then they were punished by their lack of you know ability from basic crosses. You know, and, and then Spurs had Harry Kane who tends to score if he plays. Yes. So, in the end, yeah, it was inevitable that uh, Spurs would go through once, you know, Dortmund were missing simple chances and uh, if you don't take your chances, you don't tend to win many games of football. Definitely. How would you describe the current strength for the Bundesliga? Because, for people like myself who we watch it on, on uh, satellite television and then we see the teams in uh, Champions League action like Schalke did themselves just this against City only lost it late on they play tonight as we speak in the second leg uh, we've seen what Bayern were like at Anfield how would you describe that top end of the Bundesliga how strong it is? Top end is well on a par with shall we say Serie A yeah. Yeah, I, I would say I mean but Bayern have got this long tradition of European success which they will keep going but I mean it's, it does nothing for the overall perception of the Bundesliga that you know no other team has been able to challenge them in the in the last six seasons in particular since Klopp uh, double victories with Borussia Dortmund so I was rather hoping as a neutral that Borussia Dortmund would uh, steal a march this season and coast to Bundesliga success but they've you know they've had a little bit of an implosion in recent weeks and seen their nine-point gap disappear. So it looks like right now that Dortmund have dropped the ball and Bayern will claim their seventh in a row, which um, is not really good for Bundesliga business or the general perception by overseas, uh, the overseas audience, shall we say. 
I know Liverpool have shopped in the Bundesliga market in recent seasons, particularly last summer with Naby Keita. There's those links with Timo Werner that never seem to go away. Are there any players in the Bundesliga at the moment who you think Liverpool could be interested in? You know, you think that they would be a Klopp type of player? Oh, that's a good, that's a good question. I'll probably think of a few players, but we'll have ended the telephone call. So <laughs> I apologise. Yeah, I'll be probably driving on the motorway to Munich in a bit, and I'll think, why didn't I say him? And say that? So I'll send you an email later <laughs> with a couple of names. So I apologise greatly. I can think spontaneously. I was watching a Mario Götze documentary on on the Zone recently, and Mario Götze is just coming back into form for Borussia Dortmund, and the heavy, you know. There's a weight of evidence from that documentary that he will play with Klopp or under Klopp again. So that is one name that I can definitely give you. That's a real strong fancy from this uh, from this side that Mario Götze and Götze will be linked up. Whether that's the Liverpool, of course, that remains to be seen. Definitely, that's very interesting. I'm sure uh, Liverpool fans will be very interested to hear that. And we'll, we'll come on to Klopp now. I know uh, when he, he you chronicled his wonderful story at Dortmund, what he did over there, and when wrote about his arrival when he came to Liverpool. Are you do is he doing as you expected, or do you think he's doing better, or do you think he could have he could have done better? What do you what do you reckon of his impact at Liverpool in these last three and a half years? Well, I would say it's exactly on timeline. I didn't expect uh, you know sudden success. Maybe he's lost you know one and one or two cup finals that he'd rather have won, you know, thinking about the uh, Carabao Cup or something on penalties, things like that. But, you know, it, he will always be judged, judged on the Premier League success. Maybe better for Liverpool. It's this Liverpool fans aren't going to like this, possibly. But if Liverpool exit against Bayern tomorrow night, they might have a better chance of... Uh, of seeing off Manchester City's challenge in the Premier League, but that's a big risk. I actually agree with that because Bayern have probably proved positive of that themselves. These kind of games do catch up with you eventually, don't they? You know, if you if you go in for titles, at, at some point there's got to be a bit of give. You know, it's it's not often in history that teams win trebles, is it? Really, in in all the top European leagues. No, it's a very much a rarity. But I mean, you can't say you know Liverpool were doing everything to to progress against Bayern Munich. But, you know, in hindsight, we might speak again in a few months' time and say that, yeah, they played well, but, you know, maybe it was a better thing that they exited on the night. But, you know, that's a very risky strategy to have. We will see. Do you think he's mature? Do you think yeah, he's... The, the, media will, the media will pound Klopp, yeah, for that. Especially now that uh, Manchester United are in the, <laughs> in the last eight. Most definitely. Do, do you think Jurgen Klopp is, is maturing as a manager in terms of his style of play? I'm maturing as a definitely, you know, he's improved Liverpool's defence. It helps helps that they have Alisson in goal, of course, instead of uh, Mignolet. And Virgil van Dijk's matured into one of the best defenders, if not the best defender in the world. So defensively, he's he's done everything right. Everyone was saying for years that uh, Liverpool needed strength in in, in goal. And the defence, he's got that right, aided by a lot of money. But that's the way modern football goes. As a person, you know, he's still coming out with some odd things with the media. But we all love him, don't we? Going on about the wind, yeah. I mean, it's it's very difficult when you're speaking to the media 10, 10 minutes after the game and the emotions are running high, you know. it's You can't be perfect. 
Not at all. Is this a big one for him? You know, he's back in Germany against the team he has beaten to titles and also lost titles to. I know he's played it down himself, but surely inside him he's thinking, oh, I'd like to go to Munich, the Allianz Arena, and I'm, knock them out, surely. In the words of, yeah, in the words of Kevin Keegan, he'd love to beat <laughs> in the own backyard. I remember him running around uh, like crazy when they beat uh, Bayern on penalties. Philip Lamb slipped on his ass, hit a... <laughs> Penalty over the bar, Gutsen missed, Neuer, Neuer missed. It was crazy, and that was my last memory of Klopp at Bayern winning a game. So, yeah, he will he will cherish a winning moment. He has the experience behind him of what, what to do. Um, it's, it's tantalisingly poised, very excited. Just before we wrap up, I've just got to ask you this. Uh, Klopp, as I said a, a moment ago, he's three and a half years into his Liverpool reign. There's always this talk about him having a seven-year itch almost. And what do you kind of think his future will be? Do you think he'll come back to Germany? And do you think he'll ever manage Bayern? Uh, I'd hate to see that, to be honest, as a, as a Bundesliga neutral. If he comes back to the Bundesliga, I'd like to see him back at Borussia Dortmund. But they say you never go back. Um... I can't really see him at Bayern, no matter how much they want him. Yeah, but I suppose it's pretty naive to say never, never say never. Nothing would just surprise you in football. But maybe he's a, he's be a, a perfect national team coach further down the line. But he still has work to do at, at uh, Liverpool. He stayed seven years at Mainz, seven years at Borussia Dortmund, so he has a few more years left at Liverpool, and that will be crowned by. The Premier League title, Liverpool fans will be hoping. Champions League success will be an added bonus. We will see come May whether Liverpool do win their first Premier League title since 1990. But just one final question. There'll be thousands of Liverpool fans heading out to Bavaria as we speak. There's going to be some atmosphere in the Allianz Arena. We all know what Liverpool on European nights is like. Anfield, the Cop. Is it the same for, for Bayern's home ground on big games like this? Absolutely, it'll be really charged and uh, looking forward to it immensely. Um, but once that game gets going, you know, it might get eerily quiet. You know, the longer it goes nil nil, yeah. Watch for you know periods of you know, massive tenseness and quiet. Even yeah, we're interested to see how much noise Liverpool fans make in the left-hand corner of the Allianz Arena. But uh, yeah, it's. It's going to be a lot of nerves on the night. The longer it stays nil-nil, one mistake could decide this this tie. It's uh, so evenly poised. Two evenly matched sides. Yeah, one mistake could prove crucial. One refereeing mistake, even. That we saw with Manchester United and PSG. I wouldn't want that on either of the sides. Yeah. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.